Well, hello there, I'm Karen. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, and I believe life after 50 should be a continuation of the exciting journey of life. So stay tuned to meet inspiring guests, sharing their stories and passion to help us all gain insight into the ways to live a healthier, happier life after 50. Welcome back to another episode of Aging Fearlessly. Do you know, I looked at my bank account the other day and I think I nearly had a coronary. And I wondered, if I'm 62 next month and I'm going to live maybe to 90, how am I going to survive? And I was talking to a friend and he is um, works for a company, Private Wealth Partners, and we got talking about finances and I said why don't you come in and talk on the radio because so many of us are in the same position as I am and we do wonder how are we going to survive once we leave our full-time or part-time work and we're out there in the world and we don't have that income coming in every day or every week. So I'd like to welcome Cam and Chris Taylor And Cam's going to do most of the talking today. So Cam, welcome first of all. Thank you. Good to be here. It's great to have you in here. And I know I've talked to you about this before. So, you know, just for myself and other friends of ours talk to you. But Cam, why should people see a financial advisor? The main reason, I believe, is education and educating people on how not to make mistakes. So education at an early age. And I'm a baby boomer. So the thing is that we weren't necessarily aware of things like superannuation, etc., and financial preparation for our futures back when I was in my 20s. It just didn't come into conversations. So tell me more about education. Well, there are so many moving parts in in someone's financial landscape and the government seems to be hell-bent on changing the rules all the time. Well, they so. are. All, isn't that confusing? <laughs> you may have noticed the, uh, the super changes last year or the age pension changes that, that started this year. So in one way, that's great because it keeps people like me employed. But on the other hand, it's extremely frustrating for even the most educated people because they just can't keep up with the changes. Look, even last week I heard something and I went, huh, really? It's like, yeah, the changes are just, they're happening all the time. Exactly. And people are time poor. So to keep up with all those changes takes takes time. You need to understand what's going on, why it's happening and how it affects you. So I think having someone who can explain and educate on your finances in a simple manner is yeah. uh, is the key. When you say a simple manner, I agree because putting too much jargon and too much, you know, you've got to you've got to be able to just say it's this this and this, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a different language. It is a different language and I it's like SMS. You've got to learn the language to understand it, yeah? Absolutely. So someone like yourself is an expert in in doing this. And how have you learned to do this? Or to be an expert in finances and financial preparation, how did you learn to do this? I think probably through three different areas. The first one is is education itself, so going to university, doing postgraduate studies, courses. The second and one of the most important is experience. So I started in the industry in 2006. Yep. 
And the third is I grew up with it. The, uh, the man sitting next to us obviously taught me a lot through my childhood and teenage years. And that's really important. Sometimes I hear of parents that do step in and give are really good role models for their children and help them in maybe buying some land early or a house early on in their life and it really helps set them up and teaches them those skills of saving and preparing. And for others, they don't have that role model and hence they need someone outside that to help them. Tell me more about what you would do if you met someone, what would you do? If I came along and I said to you, Cam, I, I'm, what am I going to do? I suppose we'd delve a bit deeper into educating people about what financial decisions to make. One of the first things we do, uh, we spend a lot of time on teaching people how to react to the media. Is the media scary? <laughs> scary is one word for it. Uh, I think you know, I know, and your listeners know that sensationalist stories yep. are what sell in the media. And of course, so. now there is so much media. It's not just the news once a day that we all sit down and listen to. It's every hour. It's on the radio. comes up on your phone and hits you in the face whenever anything's happening. It's everywhere. So it's everywhere. Yep. And is it real? Is it fake? Yep. Sensationalised. Is it going to help me? Is it going to detract from, from my position? Uh, so we help sift through all of that um, one of the things that we do teach people to do is to ignore it as well mm -hmm. the media I suppose it it pulls on people's emotions and yep. so by teaching people to ignore it brings about a discipline into someone's financial life I've never thought about ignoring it but yeah that makes sense isn't it it's like that white noise in the background that's always going on yeah Exactly, yeah. Well, marketing is very much a, a, a response to a stimulus. And that's exactly why good marketers will put a, a stimulus out there and hope for a quick reaction from their audience. And what Cam is doing with his clients is very much educating them to control themselves and not respond to that stimulus, mm. which marketers don't want to hear, obviously. But to stop people making mistakes, which is the first thing does is educate people about not making errors and, and reacting to stimulus that's put out there by marketers. Yeah, because marketers are trying to drive you in one way and people like Cam are trying to help them not to make the mistakes. Yeah. Exactly. The marketers mm. have got another interest. Mm. Exactly. Money, money, money. What am I trying to do, Cam? <laughs> do you want me to sing it or are you what, – what is this money, money, money? It's a song, huh? I, I got brought up with – <laughs> with uh, well, surrounded by great music, um, Dad plays the guitar and he, uh, he he loves good music. So, ABBA was one of those bands that was always being played. Yeah, and we the also went to the Mamma Mia music, um, you know, show when I was a little boy. So you missed out on a lot growing <laughs> up a bit later. You know, because music I, yeah. music back back yeah. in. Chris in my day was yeah. like, oh my God, it's yeah. really... Yeah, it the was, 60s was big. It and, was, and the 70s, you yeah, know, and then, yeah. you know, it just changed a bit. But mm -hmm. you, yeah, so we're just going to have a bit of money, money, money while we can. I hope some of it falls in my pocket. <laughs> I have Cam and Chris Taylor here talking about finances and helping us out just to understand a little bit about where we're going for the future. And Cam, you've given us a rundown on strategy. 
Is that all I need to know? One of the most important areas, especially at the moment where we're seeing an, an ageing demographic, is estate planning. Ah, what do you mean by estate planning? Well, that includes things like wills, powers of attorney, testamentary trusts, advanced care directives. There's a whole bunch of things in there. Now, I do know something about this and how important it is because I am power of attorney from my mother. My sister is as well because she's 90. So why are these things so important? What does it mean to the average person to have these things in place? Well, starting off, one of the most simple reasons to have a power of attorney in place is to allow someone else to make decisions on your behalf if you're away. Let's say you're out of the country travelling. So what happens if I am away and I don't have someone that has power of attorney? Things don't get done. Basically, you, just, can't, you can't operate. You need to have someone who has a power of attorney that can handle just the run-of-the-mill sorts of things that you might need to do when you're overseas. Yeah. So it's imperative that you have, I personally think, two powers. You know, Two people should sign mm-hmm. off on, on what you're doing. And I know on, on a number of occasions I've been overseas and I've given the boys, my three boys, and any two of the three can sign as my power of attorney and act on my behalf. Mm-hmm. So it's very simple. And also it, uh, it helps when someone, if someone is in a situation where they are incapable of acting. So a power of attorney can only be given, can only be created when someone's sane. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> If someone's right. lost it, they yeah. can't give a power of attorney. So it's important that someone does that whilst they are able to. Yeah, well, I do know a little bit about power of attorney because I'm power of attorney for a friend of mine that lives overseas and he has a few properties here and I don't even have to use it very often. But every now and again, he'll say, can you go down to the bank? They're going to do this. You've got to show the form, sign something for me. But he trusts me to do that because there's no one else in the country that he knows and we've been good friends for a while. Probably, as you say, that he should have two people. You know, the same for my mum because you never know with someone when they get older what help they're going to need to do their finances and look after exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. And you, you mentioned something else in, in advanced care directives. Yeah, that's that's one that isn't touched on very often. And it's a direction from a person who wishes for something to happen. They can't make the decision themselves. I did have Dr. Patrick Coleman on a few months ago and he talked about St. George Hospital has a document that you can complete that actually is an advanced care directive and that I'm sure it's called your wishes or something. And you just put it all down, yeah? Yeah. So that people know if I'm unconscious and I want that life support switched off or I want this or that, is that the advanced care directive? There's a group called Dying With Dignity that I happen to be a member of and a believer in. So whether you believe in euthanasia or not it's irrespective but that's what he was yes exactly saying yep most doctors probably believe in it but irrespective of that so dying with dignity is a group that actually support dying with dignity and they very much across the advanced care directive so they actually have documents that are pre pre-formatted yep and they can they can send those out too in fact when i joined they automatically sent me out all of this information so if anyone is interested, the crowd is called Dying with Dignity and uh, I think uh, you know they, they would provide the sort of uh, documentation yeah. you need to do it in advanced care directive. Yeah, and I, I think there's something from the time you're 18, is that when you have, have the opportunity to do this, is it, from 18 yeah, legally, on? Your right. legal age is uh, 18. There's something else, um, testamentary trusts, what are they? Yeah, that, that's more of a protection mechanism for 
your assets that have been passed down to your children ah. um, or to a, to a dependent. A testamentary trust, essentially a trust is set up for a beneficiary upon yeah. death of a person. So it means that the assets that have been passed on are held on trust for the benefit of the beneficiary. And depending on what is outlined in the will, you can decide what happens to those assets. So they stay there for a period of time. Is the income distributed to the beneficiary? Can they use that money for certain reasons? It's sort of... Without it, it can be extremely expensive tax-wise. Um, as you're probably aware, uh, a juvenile who hasn't reached a certain age, if he or she generates income, can pay tax at beyond the top marginal rate. Mm. So having a testamentary trust in place can, to some extent, mitigate the risk of paying massive amounts of tax if someone dies and, and there's a beneficiary who's quite young. So that's really important. And, and the other issue is very much to do with kids that may have issues. Um, I had a number of clients in my day, and I know Cam has because he's picked up some, some, some of my clients as well, who had children who were in trouble with drugs or in, in trouble oh, or who okay. had got into strife you know, um, with the law, uh, who may have had mental issues and, and genuinely not able to manage their affairs at even at 30, 35, 40. So things like trusts that are built into a will can go a long way to protecting a person's beneficiary from themselves. Right. And it's really important. So you, you might have a, a person who has three kids, one of two are absolutely perfectly fine, they're able to manage their affairs, and one is in a situation where they are really not responsible. So yep. the last thing you want to have happen is for a chunk of money to go to uh, a child, that person, uh, and have that money spent, blown, wasted, whatever. So trusts inside of wills are incredibly important. I've heard of a friend of mine, their children inherited some money in a trust and it was only to be used until they were 18, it was used for education. And so they could draw down that money and pay for things like exactly. tuition, etc., and anything, private schooling. And they didn't tell these children that this money was there until they were 18 because they didn't want them to go on believing there was quite a few hundred thousand sitting there for them when they turned 18. Then I guess that's a, about watching how those children turn out too and are they going to be capable of managing that concept of all this money suddenly coming to them? Well, quite often it's 18 is... <laughs> 18 <laughs> crazy is, is, is very... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, quite often the, the age might be 35 or 40 before they actually get access to that money without any restrictions on it yeah. or constraints on it. Uh, and and, and Let in, them some grow cases, up a bit. in some cases, never. I'm they simply are not able to manage, you know, you can't take that risk because they're likely to do something. So will making is not something that a financial advisor does, but a financial advisor brings in specialists who... And prompts you to... Absolutely. Yeah, that, that it makes... Helps to create makes, the right environment. Yeah, and makes you aware that this yeah. is what you need. Because yeah. I've had discussions with a lot of people who haven't bothered to make a will and I say, are you for real? Yeah. And they don't mm. see why they should make one and they don't understand what is going to happen in the event yeah. of the inevitable, uh, you know, something tragic or whatever happening. Yeah, and that brings up the, the, the sort of the, I suppose, the, the end point there is that if it's not, if your estate planning is not set up correctly, it can be disastrous in terms of tax. Yeah. Like, People don't you're understand. Throwing money away, yeah. burning it. 
So you just said a word tax. I don't know many people that get excited when they hear the word tax man. <laughs> what am I talking about, Cam? <laughs> the Beatles is another great band that, that we've been brought up on. We actually had our, uh, we had someone burgle our house uh, when I was a, a boy. And, and the first thing, Dad said, well, we had a bunch of CDs stolen. So uh, pick, pick some CDs that you'd like the insurance company to replace. And I picked, I think it was seven or eight Beatles albums. Were you hooked on the Beatles from Dad? I was. Yeah. So we're, I love this song and this is a good tax man story. So here we go. Welcome back. You're listening to 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. To find out more, go to the website rnb.org.au. I love all this information, Cam and Chris, and it's been great so far, but you haven't talked about investments. Yeah, that, that's right. Uh, I suppose that in absolute layman's language, the first thing that we need to look at is the strategy. The next is to determine the most tax-effective vehicles we're going to use. Are there many tax-effective vehicles? There are, yeah. I mean, you don't have to go into them, but there are a lot. There are a lot, yeah. yeah. Just a quick example might be whether you use super or a trust or you know you buy something in joint names, you need to look at that. Uh, and then almost the last thing that we look at is investments, whether it's in shares, property, fixed interest. Mm. So there's a lot of things there that you can look at and help people with and understanding risk and reward and timeframes, yeah? So what else can you add to all of this? Well, I'd just like to point out that you can you can see there, we've spoken about it a lot, and you can see that it's got nothing to do with the economists, the stockbrokers, the bankers, your local butcher or your Uber driver. So it's important to understand that taking advice from people that want to try and sell something is not always the best. We've touched on it previously, but the, it's also critical that people know at any point in time, exactly what they're worth, how much income is coming in, how each investment's performing, whether they're on track to achieve their objectives or their goals, yep. uh, what their deposition is. So in other words, to have complete control. And it has to be simple. We spoke yep. about that. Uh, so it's got to well, be... people don't like their lives to be too complicated, do they? It's... Exactly. Yep. And we spoke about people having their time poor. And this is the thing on the side. If you have all of these things set up in line then you can let it go. It's like one box you can just close over there and go, that's looked after, yeah? I know that's tucked away. I know that every few months I talk with my financial planner or and then I can get on with the other things in my life, yeah? Exactly. I, 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 could, I can also add that there are programs out there that allow you to understand your financial position at any given point in time, whether it's 1am in the morning or whether you're sitting with your advisor Really? In their meeting room. How do they work? The beauty of the system yeah. that you've got me in, when, and I think, and I wasn't around in my day um, when we were active, but the beauty of the system that Cam has um, developed in conjunction with a supplier is that it sucks information, draws information down from who I bank with, who, uh, who I have my investments with, 
even my um, my car, uh, my house, it actually draws all that information in from people people like PRD and yep. uh, you know property people, and it succinctly and very very simply at the touch of a button tells me exactly what I'm what I'm worth, what each investment's worth, wow. what my house is worth that I live in, what my investment property is worth, what my superannuation's worth. It even has a comes up with a picture of my car, believe it or not, and tells me what it's worth. I mean, it's just amazingly simple, simple. And, and it tells me everything I need to know. And it's brilliant. It's brilliant because there's so many complex things in finance that people just simply don't understand, only because they're time poor. It's all, they're all capable of, of understanding it, but they don't have the time to understand and it. And a lot of them don't really want to. Either. Well, true. Just, they want to know. know they want to know, but they don't want to do anything yeah, about exactly. learning to know or, or picking up those tools That's that you're right. talking about. It has to be simple. It's got to be simple, and they've got to be able to know exactly where they are, what they're generating, what income they're getting, what their debt level is. It's important that people take control but without the necessity the necessity of understanding yep. all the intricacies of, of the stock market or the property market or superannuation or tax for that matter. So it's uh, it's fantastic what, what is available today in terms of software. Brilliant. Well, we're talking about money and our final song today is Pink Floyd, my favourite album, Dark Side of the Moon. Great album. <laughs> A wonderful album. Cam, yeah. do you know Dark Side of the Moon? <laughs> A little bit, not, not as much as you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, Dark Side of the Moon, no money, Pink Floyd. <laughs> you are listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Welcome back, Cam and Chris Taylor. I want to very quickly say uh, talk about it. it sounds like most people really would benefit from having a strategic plan. Yeah, th- that's right. Um, I suppose when you think about it, it's, it's extremely hard to ignore that little greed monkey that sits on your shoulder uh, when you see a clever ad. You get emotional and, and it's normal to react. The stimulus that marketing companies create is designed to do exactly that, make you react. And, and make you emotional. So people react to stimulus. I think actually Dad's got a, a, a pretty good story. that Yeah, you, you do see some amazing examples and, and we are talking about highly educated people. I remember having a solicitor who I had as a client or ended up having him as a client. He came in and he had three investment properties and each one of those investment properties was owned, fully owned. There was no debt on any uh-huh. of those investment properties. And he was receiving income, obviously, from rent, which was fully taxable. Yep. He then had his own home that he lived in where he had a massive mortgage. So everything was the wrong way around. Everything was totally tax inefficient. And the tax man used to send flowers to him every Friday afternoon. It was amazing. So we actually readjusted, we changed the uh, the strategy, or well, he didn't have a strategy, so that's what we created a strategy Had for he him. set this up himself and never asked yes, for advice? Yes, 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 because he had reacted to salespeople selling property. So yep. it sounds good, it looks good, yes, I should buy it. But at the end of the day, tax-wise, he was worse off. And what we did, we turned him around and we had him with the right properties with the right debt. So the debt was then on investment property. So he still had the investment property exposure he wanted, but it was tax efficient. And and needless to say, the flowers dried up pretty quickly after that. And so so he was living in a home he probably owned then, 
and all his debt was in the other. Exactly. The whole thing was turned around to make him more efficient. For me, and look, people out there listening today will, will know exactly what I'm talking about. I get phone calls every day and sometimes at the same time every day my phone rings. And if I don't pick it up like straight away or I pause, the phone just goes dead. If I actually say hello, they start talking and they're they're trying to sell me some sort of financial plan, wealth planning opportunity. And if I come along, I'll get an iPad on the day, a bunch of flowers, a glass of champagne, and then they'll follow up and they'll do a whole strategy for me. So do I go with someone like that or how do I choose the right financial advisor for me? How do I know who to trust with my hard-earned money? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. The first thing is that they need to be licensed through ASIC. Mm-hmm. And that sounds pretty uh, basic and like common sense, but you'll probably find that most people calling you are just calling you from a, a call center. What, they're and given they're not, a script? They're not actually licensed, yeah. So that's the first oh. thing. There's a whole bunch of other things that, um, well, if I was going to see an advisor yep. myself, there's a whole bunch of other things that I would, I would look for. I would look for someone with an appropriate degree, postgraduate qualifications. They would need to be a member of the FPA, Financial mm-hmm. Planning Association. Mm-hmm. And the biggest one, the most important one, I believe, and the main reason that our clients come and see us in the first place is that we are not aligned or owned by any big institutional bank. Mm-hmm. So that, that's not- pretty critical when you think about it. And, and, you know, we've always held that flag out saying we're not owned by anybody. And it, it's, it's a very small percentage of the financial advising industry in Australia, something like less than 10%, less than 10% of the advisors aren't owned by a major institution somewhere when you scratch the surface. Really? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, and people yeah. don't know that. No. They don't because, you know, you go and see an, an advisor, their advice practice might have a name that sounds good. And then when you read through the, the FSG, the Financial Services Guide and all the rest of it, you find out that they're actually owned by MLC that's owned by NAB. So it, yeah. It, and Karen, you may you may say, well, so what? Mm-hmm. And, and the answer to that, and, and this has been proven over and over again, is that that the major institutions that have advisory businesses don't make money out of giving advice. Like mm. purely providing financial advice is not a money-making exercise for major institutions. They make money from product, mm-hmm. from selling product. Mm-hmm. Now, it may not knock you over when you first see an advisor that's owned by one of the major banks or one of, major, one of the major life companies or investment uh, fund managers, but at the end of the day, ultimately – the money that the banks and the major institutions make is from getting product into your portfolio. Yep. Now, that is absolutely, in my view, and certainly the way that these guys operate, private wealth partners, mm. it's 100% opposite to what should happen. Yeah. Yep. And, and the interesting thing is that, um, I'll, I'll say that the, the banks have been concentrating on pushing products so much, while it's not illegal, they call it being vertically integrated, where they, where they push the products down the line. Next week is when the Royal Commission starts looking at vertical integration. Mm, so what's so going to happen? <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting, won't it? Well, look, how many people think that, you know, if you're big, bold and beautiful and the bank gives you this wonderful advertising campaign that tells them, tells you how wonderful they are, but you just go back to Storm Financial and have a look, 
at uh, one of our big, safe, friendly banks and see how involved they were with the Storm Financial. Oh, I mean, that was a shocker, It's a product yeah? flogging exercise. Yeah. And people think they're going to one of these major institutions and they're going to be safe because it's a big, friendly, you know. That's, yeah. It's just a total, total um, misleading exercise. You know? So people should do their homework because it sounds like there's quite a few boxes. You mentioned ASIC, you mentioned um, FPA, you mentioned a few things there that they need to actually tick off the box to say, well, yeah. yep, this person fits this, this, this and this. Yeah. And so yeah. I, they're safe to talk to Absolutely, and yeah. get some opinions from and see if you feel comfortable working with them. Yeah, definitely. And word of mouth is also important, but yeah. even word of mouth, um, you know, you might have someone who gets uh, who, who thinks that their financial advisor is absolutely marvellous and wonderful, but they don't really understand what's happening underneath that. Yep. I mean, I've got a classic example of someone in that situation. You know, they love their financial advisor, but when you scratch the surface and look what he's actually doing, it's not right. Mm. Yeah, the, the other important thing, and I'll probably just finish on that one, is that they should be fee-based, which means no commissions. Right. No commissions or brokerage or grandfather trailing commissions or, or any of that sort of stuff. Um, and it still exists, even though no new products can be given to, to clients um, where the advisor receives a commission anymore in terms of um, super products, investment products. They're still there from from old old sort of grandfather things. And they won't be in a hurry to change it because it's a steady income stream that's hidden under the blanket. Why change when you don't have to? So, yeah, people need to deal with advisors that genuinely are fee-based and uh, are not commission-driven. You know, and it's important they understand that, and quite often they don't. So, educating people about this stuff is incredibly important. It's a huge, scary part of of our financial health. It's like you know, part of your part of your well-being, isn't it? Is your financial health, and I think that so many people struggle with this in many ways. And it's great that you could come in today, both Chris and Cameron, and help us to understand what you guys as private wealth partners do, and how people can benefit the things that they should look for and watch out for the pitfalls, things about strategy, and what is strategy and what is education, and the types of strategies that or st- types of things you put into a strategy. And if anybody wants to know any more, Cameron can be contacted. Cameron T at privatewealthpartners.com.au. If you need to know whether who you're dealing with is the right person from you, you can always ring him up or email him and ask him a question. Well, you can email him on that and ask him a question. You can't ring him on that email address. It's <laughs> just true. not going to work. I've just got one, one last comment. Whether you've got Commonwealth Bank shares or, or NAB shares or a large wholesale Aussie share fund, it'll make little difference in, in six or seven years' time. Uh, but, the, but the strategy, having control and, and tweaking that strategy each year or every few years, depending on if your situation changes, that's what will make the difference mm. long term. The, the strategy and the structure. So it's also important, you just don't you know, set up with a financial advisor, um, a strategy and walk away and say, well, that's it for the next 10 years, I don't have to talk about it. How often would you recommend that someone's coming back to see their advisor? I think at least annually, but you should be in touch with your advisor more regularly than that. It's a partnership. Exactly. That's It's, it's not a set and forget thing. So, well, I agree because I think it's something you need to know what's happening with your 
financial situation. Well, that's one of the things that, you know, you, you brought to my attention when you said <laughs> to one of your clients, I think you should ask me every year why the fee you're paying me has been worth your while. And I think that's brilliant. Yep. So if you're going to see a financial advisor, ask the advisor to show you, you know, on a, re- on a reasonably regular basis, like it might be annually or whatever, okay, I'm paying you this fee, why am I better off? Are you getting value? Are you getting, am I getting am I value? Getting How values? am I getting my value? And yep. I think that's a, a, t- a perfectly legitimate question. I agree. So thanks a lot again for coming in and um, sharing all that great information. Be able to watch that, listen to that Royal Commission on vertical integration over the coming weeks. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're tired, yeah. That'll... <laughs> if you're tired, well, or get you to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening and I hope you found something that's useful for you today and I hope you're looking at your finances because I'm looking at mine. Enjoy your week. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright. There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all nine to five It's a wonderful life Let's go and climb mountains high Swim across oceans wide Live out our dreams Just you and me Let your Time to waste. Gotta go get the most out of time. Don't be afraid. Like this treasure that you've got to find, baby. Don't be shy. Let's go and take that ride. Taste the sweet and the spice. Everything. Let your heart be alive, baby, just let your heart come alive, honey, let your heart be alive.